Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Candor Podcast. A regular voice uh, is back on, Kristen DeAngelis, registered dietitian. And we are going to talk more about the, uh, not more about, we're going to talk about the new FDA uh, food label. Kristen, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us again. This should be, um, this should be informative for, for most people, I think. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me back. And I think why you probably don't read too many food labels is probably because you're eating a whole lot of whole real foods that don't come out of packages, which is a great thing. So we right. always, always start off with that emphasis. Um, but you know, people are going to want to pick up, you know, a bar or occasionally, yeah, there are things in packages. So I think this will be a great um, podcast for listeners. Yeah. And I think also, and I think you're right about that for both people who eat more whole foods, they're not really looking at packages as much, but like those bars, I think when we flip those things open, if, at least for me, I'm only looking at one or two things, you mm-hmm. know, like right for the sugar, um, any added sugar, like carbohydrate, protein, the things basically, if you think about it, what they have highlighted, uh, which is probably really smart on their part, and um, added ingredients, you know, like what, if I can't, if I, if I see like a laundry list on the ingredients list, like I'm out right away. So I don't even get to like the added sugars or anything else because it doesn't matter if I'm not going to put that in my body. But, um, okay. So let's start where I guess let's start. When did the new, um, label take place and, and why, and then go from there. Yeah, so it took a while to put this actually in the making, but I believe it just came out actually in 2017, uh, but they've been saying they were going to put it out for several years. So there's a few things that are different about the new food label, and there's even, you know, there's even food labels that are still need to be updated. So if you see the new food label, get all excited. I mean, I get excited when I see the new one. <laughs> and I mean, there's a, so there's a few things that are different. Um, calories are big and bold. And also the serving size is big and bold. And there's, okay, yeah. you know, yeah. includes added sugar. So those are always like the big ones right off the bat. Um, but there are a few others that I want to talk about and I'll kind of go through and talk about the different aspects of the new food label. So serving size, calories, also um, total fat, it's emphasizing actually now more so looking at the type of fat and not just the total fat. Um, We also look at the change in the percentage of daily value. So I'll talk about the changes there. And um, included uh, includes added sugars is now mm-hmm. on the label, and then also um, vitamin D and potassium are included, and they took out vitamin A and C. So I'll kind of go through. That's like a quick overview, and I'm going to kind of go through each of those um, at this point now. So before you even look at the label, I always recommend, like Eric said, to go right to the ingredients first. And that's going to tell you what you need to know, right? That's really going to tell you like what's, what is this product highly processed or does it only have a few short ingredients? You know, is sugar in the second ingredient or is it like later down the line? All of that. 
Um, so the first thing though is serving size. Now, if anyone's, I mean, not that I've done this before, but ice cream, <laughs> you know, it's very easy to like scoop out ice cream and you're like, oh, it's only, you know, 60 calories for the, a serving. But if you've ever seen half a cup of ice cream, like no one eats half a cup of ice cream. Right. So what they've started doing for the serving, or it's like, you know, the bottle of whatever you're drinking oh, it's only 100 calories. Okay, well, are you multiplying that by two and a half? So what they've been doing for a lot of years is um, not actually giving the serving size that most people are actually consuming. So with the new food label, they've actually adjusted it to what a typical normal serving size is. Or for example, if it's, you know, a bag of a small individual bag of chips or, you know, a, you know, a small juice, they're actually giving you how much is in, you know, the small bag or the whole juice and not saying like, oh, this eight ounce of juice, but the serving size is, you know, two and a half, you know, two and a half is the total servings. Um, right. So they've changed the serving size. They've also made it bold. Calories, as you can see, that's probably the biggest takeaway people, you know, but I, I say calories aren't so important. We're more right. interested in ingredients and what's later down. So obviously calories are bigger and bolder. Um, total fat actually has changed as well. So the percent daily value, um, we're, when we're looking at, we're trying to take an emphasis away from total fat and more on quality of fat. Because fats are actually really, really important. I know you always talk about this, you know, your avocados, your olive oil, your nuts and seeds. Um, all of these are really good and healthy fats. And I can't tell you how often, like, I, I still hear this old mentality. Like, my mom picked up, she picked up my yogurt the other day and she's like, oh, oh my gosh, it has, you know, I, don't, I forget, it was like 10 grams of fat. And I'm like, yeah, right. because it's just yogurt, mom. I'm not like stripping away and then adding in all this other crap into it. And um, so it's just interesting when we look at fat and we're not actually looking at where it's coming from and also what are the ingredients in this. So when we are looking at fat though, um, the, the quality of fats, so trans fat though is a big no-no. I mean, no matter <laughs> if you're eating whole foods, you're not having trans fats. Trans fats right. are a chemically created product to create uh, more stealth shelf life shelf save shelf stable excuse me shelf stable products so hydrogenated vegetable oils is a big one that we want to avoid on on a lot of packaged products and you'd be surprised but jiff and skippy are our americans favorite peanut butter and hydrogenated vegetable oils is like the second ingredient so that's definitely a big one. Um, some, some labels will indicate mono and polyunsaturated fats. Those are the good fats that we would want more of. So again, the whole fat, we're not looking at total fat. We're more interested in making sure there's not only zero grams of trans fat, but also making sure that there's no hydrogenated vegetable oils in the ingredient list. Because right. if there's trace amounts of hydrogenated vegetable oils and it's less than 0.5 grams, they can write zero grams on the label, but it still has trans fats in it. So it's just an interesting point to make sure that you're reading your ingredients. So, I mean, the other, and again, if you're listening to this and you grew up with some of these myths, research and nutrition, what we're learning about nutrition is always changing. And so 
uh, there was this guy, Ansel Keys, back in the, I want to say, 50s. And mm -hmm. a lot of the fat heart hypothesis, it was a hypothesis. And we're actually overturning it. So the next, you know, the next piece that we look at in uh, below total fat, we get to cholesterol. Right. And this is a really important topic I wanted to bring up. And that's if, if you have a heart condition or heart disease, yes, you're mindful of cholesterol, but, the, but cholesterol, yes, is in food. It's only found in animal food. That is a fact. However, your body makes 85% of its own cholesterol. So if you're having a cholesterol problem, it's more so what's going on in your body that it's reacting to. And it's reacting to a highly inflammatory state, which is coming from hydrogenated vegetable oils, added sugars, and a whole bunch of chemicals that have been creating a processed product. So, you know, people start worrying about, oh, I can't eat shrimp. You know, shrimp are high in cholesterol and eggs are high in cholesterol. Right. Eggs also contain an amazing source of protein, choline, vitamin D. You know, there's all these other um, nutritional aspects from whole foods, right? We're not talking about the, you know, fried, I don't know, French fries or whatever at McDonald's that used to have a ton of, you know, trans fats in them or whatever. Um, and in, well, as far as cholesterol coming from animal products. So when we're looking at cholesterol, just looking at the food label, the quote unquote rec the daily value um, referenced is under 300 milligrams, but they've actually just changed the dietary guidelines to say limit your cholesterol, but they actually haven't even put a, a, like a specific number on it. So if you're used to the old cholesterol guidelines, get more used to reading your ingredients and eating whole foods instead. So yeah. let me know if you have questions on cholesterol or if you want to debate that a little bit. No, dietary cholesterol, we're starting to learn, like you said, is doesn't have an, as negative as an impact on our, on our health as, as uh, we thought even like five years ago, uh, 10 years ago, especially 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So um, no, that makes a lot of sense. That's just an important aspect to keep in mind that nutrition science is always changing. And once you know, a big industry has set their facts, it takes a long time to overturn and say, hey, we actually messed up on that and it's actually okay to consume X, Y, and Z. So that's why it's taken so long just to get the, you know, limit your cholesterol rather than have less than 200 milligrams a day. Like it took a long time to change that recommendation. So it's right. a slow process, but I'm glad that we're bringing it up today. Um, the next line on the food label, um, we get into sodium. We, our bodies actually need sodium. It's an yeah. electrolyte. So we actually need about 500 to seven milligrams a day that we actually need, but you can get sodium from food sources, from right. things like celery, beets, animal products that contain actual natural sources of sodium. Um, but when we're looking at the added sodium that is used for a lot of preserved meats and preserved um, products, um, frozen entrees, that's where the problem lies. So the upper limit is 2,300 milligrams. If you are um, hypertensive, you have high blood pressure, if you are over 50, um, the recommendation drops down to 1500 milligrams. Now, again, this is like a blanket statement for millions right. of people in the United States. So we have to also keep in mind what is 
always coming back to like, where do you feel best? So for me, I'm very much a salty sweater, meaning whenever I work out, I have like white lines down the side of my face and it tastes like salt. Um, and also I work out, you know, all the time as do you. So ours, we might be able to be a little bit more liberal. If you're someone that is very athletic, you're working out a lot, you're a salty sweater. Um, these would be, you know, aspects where you might actually need a little bit more sodium because whatever we're sweating out, we're actually losing important electrolytes and sodium and potassium are two important electrolytes. So, you know, ideally the upper limit is 2300 for some people it's lower at 1500 milligrams a day. So if you're looking at a product and it is, if it is more than 500 milligrams, kind of keeping that in the realm of, okay, this is one item. And if it's more than 500 milligrams, I only have another thousand to get me to that 1500 and then that's the upper limit. So, and sodium has definitely been correlated with different heart conditions um, and a host of chronic illnesses. But again, that's coming from processed added salt and sodium to our foods. So just something to keep in mind, but you know, this is always going to vary for each person. Right. So the next aspect that we get into uh, drops, I like to look at below total carbohydrate and looking at more at what's making up the carbohydrate. So what's making up the carbohydrate is fiber and sugar. So let's say, you know, we have a whole apple. Sure. An apple contains carbohydrate, but it contains both fiber and it contains sugar. A good source of fiber, if you're looking at, say, Mm -hmm. your bar or your, you know, whole grain pasta or whatever it is, three grams is a good source. Okay. Five five grams is an excellent source. And ideally, at every meal, we want to have eight grams of fiber around. So for females, uh, our daily goal for fiber is 25 grams. And for males, it's 30 grams. Okay. Daily goal, you said? Daily goal, 25 to 30 grams. But when we are looking at, I know that you and I eat, you know, more of a, I eat paleo-ish. I think you eat more prescriptive to paleo. Mm -hmm. Um, When we look at paleolithic evolution and our ancestry, they were probably eating close to 75 to 100 grams of fiber a day because all they're eating is like, tubers and nuts and seeds and like they're chewing 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 these like grasses and and vegetables so lots of fiber comes from i'm talking about vegetables fruits nuts beans seeds i am not talking about added supplemental fiber i'm not talking about taking a fiber supplement we're talking about whole fiber found in whole foods and they have shown in the research that this is more beneficial for our gut health, for our GI tract, for um, supporting bowel movements, preventing and reducing risk of colon cancer and different types of cancers. When we have the whole form of fiber and not the synthetic stuff. So synthetic fiber doesn't come with everything else that fiber comes packaged in. It comes packaged with vitamins and minerals and lots of different phytonutrients or plant nutrients. So quiz question, so I know that you understood that. How much fiber do we need a day? <laughs> what would you say? How much fiber do yeah, do I, what what would I need a day in the upper thirties? You said right around thirty. Yes. Or so? Awesome, awesome. All if right. you found like your RX bar has five grams of fiber, would that be a good or an excellent source of fiber? 
That would be five grams of fiber. I think you said good. Is that good? Yeah. So uh, five grams is excellent. Three grams oh. is, is qualified as they have all these like, you know, little, like actually what it means. So anything so, above three grams is good or uh, is, is excellent. Yes. Every, okay. Anything yeah. above, anything above is excellent. Five grams or more is excellent. Okay. So yeah. So if you're looking at, for example, a whole grain pasta, you're looking at a, you know, a nutrition bar, any of these things, more than three grams, great source. Uh, more than five grams is a, that excellent source. And this is something interesting, right? Like if we look at white rice, it has one gram of fiber. If we look at brown rice, it actually only has two grams of fiber. Like it's not like a huge fiber hit. Um, it has a little bit more, you know, two to three grams, but it's not like a huge amount. So it's something I always bring up when we're looking at, especially like breads or pastas, like take a look at the fiber grams. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So the next one we get into, which I'm so happy that is finally on here, is um, sugar. So there's yeah. total sugar, but now it says includes blank amount of added sugar. So when we're looking at added sugars, we want to be mindful of the recommendation is less than 10% of your calories, but I just say, try to avoid added sugar as much as you possibly can. Right, 100%. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's not really gonna be any benefit other than you're gonna enjoy five seconds of that item, and then you're gonna have this whole, you know, <laughs> whole thing that happens in your brain regarding the dopamine and receptors, and it's just gonna go all haywire and cause your brain to, to create more inflammation. It's literally sugar turns on inflammatory cytokines in your body. When we look at inflammation, we look at added sugar. So my question for you is how many, uh, let's see, how do I want to coin this? How many grams of sugar is in one teaspoon? How many oh grams God. of sugar is in one yeah. teaspoon? So let's say you have your coffee and you're going to add one teaspoon of sugar well, to your first, coffee. First of all, you know I'm not going to do that, but I'll let that slide. <laughs> so uh, a teaspoon, I'm going to say that would be, this is probably undercutting it quite a bit. I'm going to say five grams. Very close. Closest of the day, four grams. Four grams, okay. One teaspoon has four grams of sugar. So ideally, we would want to limit that six teaspoons in the day or they say nine teaspoons for men. It just depends on, you know, what you, but I say try to avoid all the teaspoons. Try to use, um, and again, that's, that's comparing any type of added sugar. So yeah. sugar that's not found in the whole food source. So our limit for the day ideally is 25 to 30 grams of sugar. We want to limit right. throughout the day of, mm -hmm. of added sugars. Um, a lot of foods can hide sugar, as you know. So condiments, sauces, if you go out and you're making a healthy choice at Wendy's or McDonald's and you're like, oh, but I, they have these salads now. That's awesome. But their salad dressing is like, is awful. It's literally just vegetable oil, processed vegetable oils and sugar and a whole right. lot of other ingredients and dyes. So dressings can be one. 
Um, yogurts are a huge one that they add a ton of added sugar to. It's ridiculous because it's yep. marketed as this like gut health probiotic. And yes, yogurt absolutely can be beneficial in that respect. But when you add the sugar to it, it totally outweighs the benefits. And so it's really frustrating. Um, so that would be one. Also, you know, again, we're thinking, oh, I'm getting like the almond milk or the soy milk and I'm doing this plant-based milk. Well, unless you get the unsweetened version, it's going to have like 10 to 15 grams of added sugar. I've, I saw in the store the other day, it was like chocolate almond milk. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I bet that's amazing. But it has like 20 grams of added sugar in it. Like, yeah. no, thank you. Um, so, and also like breads, um, pasta sauces. So whenever you're looking at like, a, again, a pasta sauce, try to get one that doesn't have added sugars in it. And I promise you it will taste amazing. I think Simple Truth makes an organic line that is just, um, just has like tomatoes and spices. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And then also Rouse, R-A-O-S, is a really good brand that I like too. That's a, you know, no added sugar um, tomato sauce. Okay. So definitely be mindful of added sugars. And then any questions that you had on that? Uh, no, but um, even like the, one thing that pops into mind is even if you, if you see like, uh, you know, those McDonald's salads like you're talking about, a lot of those places will put like uh, dried fruit on and those dried fruit will have added sugar. So mm -hmm. even looking at something like that where it seems so basic, it's not so basic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the added sweetened dried fruit and, you know, the sweetened candied nuts, it, it like tacks up. It just goes so – they even put sugar in, you know, like their chicken that they add to the yep. – uh, that they add to the salad. So, again, it's like hidden in all these things. Everything. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So even if you are, you know, shopping the perimeter and you're getting deli meat, they, there can be added sugar in deli meat. So always, right. you know, look at these things. Um, and just one more thing on added sugar is that, you know, we're not just talking about the white sugar. We're talking about anything – in the ingredient label that you see, you know, even honey, molasses, syrup, um, anything that ends in O-S-E, sucrose, dextrose. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it says organic brown turbinado sugar. It sounds fancy. It's the same effect in the body. Oh, wow. So we always have to come back to like what – oh, and another thing too, like juices, juice concentrates, juice purees. <sighs> you know, that's another um, add. And of course, high fructose corn syrup. But – Again, all of these are going to cause that, you know, rapid rise in our blood sugar and can be related to inflammation in the body. I will say, though, if you are doing a sweetener, um, honey would be my number one recommendation. Um, if you're doing a sugar sweetener, I do recommend stevia. It's a plant-based sweetener, but only using a very tiny bit because it's very, very sweet. Yeah. And, uh, so a few things there. So, I mean, the last few things on the food label – that we talked about at the beginning is that they have taken out vitamin A and vitamin C. And that is because we are typically getting this in our diets today. If there was a little bit of a concern, I don't know if it was like 50 or 100 years ago or something that we were deficient in a few of these. But now we are actually deficient in vitamin D and potassium. So our green vegetables um, like spinach, kale, also soybeans are high. Particularly though, fatty fish, so salmon, sardines, um, mushrooms, and also the yolk of eggs are rich in vitamin D. So those are all of kind of like our vitamin D aspect. And then 
potassium. I mean, what's like the number one food that comes to mind for you? Uh, a banana. Yeah. So bananas are high, but people totally forget. Like I, I see all these, you know, old people and they're like, oh, my doctor says to have a banana. I'm like, they should also be telling you to have lots of greens and tons of vegetables and sweet right. potatoes. You know, all, any vegetable is going to have potassium in it, but some are a little bit higher. So particularly our orange um, fruits and vegetables. So sweet potatoes, obviously bananas, oranges, um, also all of our greens. So spinach, kale, uh, potassium is also high in white beans and also in beets and beet greens. So you can actually eat the greens on the beets. You can, you know, chop them up, saute them with some balsamic vinegar, salt and pepper. Um, so those would be a few that are high in vitamin D and potassium. Both are very important vitamin D for our bones. Um, potassium is an important electrolyte I brought up at the beginning. So helpful for that you know, balance of electrolytes, blood pressure. So instead of just talking about reducing sodium to lower blood pressure, add more potassium and more fruits and vegetables into your diet, and that can help to lower your blood pressure. Got, so, it. Yeah, Got it. Yeah. So those are, those are the, the quick run through of the new food label. Uh, Kristen, I, I appreciate this. If anybody has any questions, comments, concerns, where's the best place to get a hold of you? Yeah, thank you, you guys. Um, you can find me on social media. Instagram is KD Wellness, and also the website rootsreboot.com. That's rootsreboot.com. You can do slash Kristen. You can learn more about me. I have my own website too, Kristen DeAngelis Wellness, but I'm doing all of my private practice and consults through Roots Reboot, so I can chat with you guys there. Perfect. Now I'll link all that to the show notes. Thank you so much again, Kristen, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Eric. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com.